Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hi there, and welcome to the Science of Magic. 
a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to co-create new solutions. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring Spirit Eyes. It was a drug-free home birth. She took her first breath and exhaled on a loud squall, protesting the indignity of the situation. Her cries were short-lived as she was placed on my warm stomach, and I lovingly covered her with my hand. The infant lifted her head, staring directly into my eyes. This was no blurry, unseeing newborn. She had spirit eyes. She turned her head and looked into her father's eyes where he stood next to us. My God, she can see into my soul, he exclaimed. I'd seen people with spirit eyes before, those about to die, vision questers when they come off the hill, seekers after an ayahuasca initiation, and my old shamanic teacher all had the same look. But my baby? What did it mean? I looked into spirit eyes again two years later when my son was born. His, too, was a drug-free home birth. Both of my now-adult children are extremely intuitive, seeing beyond ordinary reality, uncannily aware of things others are not. Puzzled, I dug up some of my baby pictures, and sure enough, I had spirit eyes. Was it a genetic predisposition, or are all children born this way? Was it because neither my mother nor I ever discouraged what our children seemed to intuitively know? Was it because, like me, she delivered without drugs? Or is it something else altogether that allows children to be born without losing their spiritual connection? With us this hour to explore this puzzling phenomenon is Diane Brandon, the author of Born Aware, stories and insights from those spiritually aware since birth. Also spiritually aware since birth, Diane is an expert on intuition having researched its inner workings. She's taught intuitive skills extensively in classes, workshops, seminars, private lessons, and continuing education at both Duke University and University of Memphis. Diane works as an integrative intuitive counselor, spiritual counselor, and specializes in essence reading, personal and spiritual growth facilitation and coaching, dream interpretation, life purpose, and personal empowerment. Her website, dianebrandon.com. Diane, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you so much, Wilda. It's wonderful to be with you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our time together. I am too. (laughs) So would you mind sharing, what is it to be spiritually aware? Ah, to me, to be spiritually aware is to be aware of other levels, the other side, that which is not here on this level, this, this, this planet Earth. And to me, we can become spiritually aware in, in different ways, uh, certainly triggering experiences like a near-death experience. Uh, some, and I love your term spirit eyes, some of us actually are born totally spiritually aware. And, and that's the phenomenon that I've been delving into. So we all aren't born spiritually aware? I'm not convinced that we all are. And and I think, Wilda, it comes down to the birth experience itself. You mentioned a a drug-free birth. What I have found is that if there is pain during the delivery, during the labor the pain will crowd out spiritual awareness and plummet us into what I call our human side. Hmm, it also that, depends upon 
you know, when, when the soul is actually in the body, um, some people remember being in the womb. I personally don't feel that I was in the womb much at all. I don't think I came in until the birth itself. And, and when that happens, I think it, it guarantees more that, that spiritual awareness. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, how can you tell when, well, we're just, we're going to have to take a break and we'll pick up on the other side of how you can tell when you incarnate. Um, Diane and I will return shortly, so don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Our current episodes are aired daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. In service to our listeners, prior innovative episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. The Science of Magic is produced by Realmar McConnell Media Company out of Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. President of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. 
Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Diane Brandon, the author of Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Her website, dianebrandon.com. Diane, we weren't talking for too long, and it just brought up all sorts of questions for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you got to love that. So the first question I have is, it seems kind of counterintuitive that pain at birth would uh, drive people out of their spiritual awareness when pain is used in a lot of the initiations to uh, bring shaman into their spiritual awareness. Uh, Could you explain that a little? I'll be happy to, Gwilda. My sense is that when before we're here as souls, we have an awareness, a consciousness. I call it the higher soul awareness. And when when we come into this life, this planet, this level, pain can actually the pain itself gets us into what I call the human side, the human persona. Um, I am not terribly familiar with with pain being used in shamanistic practices. And I can see that that could be similar to experiences of abuse in which people dissociate. In other words, the, the pain is so much that it the person not intending to gets out of the awareness of what's going on at the time and dissociates just just leaves that that present situation but wait 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 a minute now now you're losing me you I'm said sorry. that that's okay you said you said that pain drives the newborn into the physical existence and now you're saying pain drives people out of the physical existence uh, would you go into that a little certainly for for a newborn 
who is in his or her higher soul awareness, the higher soul awareness tends not to feel pain. It's the awareness we have on the other side. Whereas when we're here in our human side, pain, especially if it goes on for a while, and I'm thinking in terms of abuse that children suffer, whether it is whether it is sexual molestation, whether it is other forms of, of physical abuse, can actually leave uh, lead a child to dissociate. That's a psychological term, which which is a way of escaping what is going on to them physically. So they're actually two different types of situations. Um, I, I try to make that distinction in, in my book, Born Aware, that, that the higher soul awareness is not the same as dissociation because, again, it's the awareness we have on the other side. Is this making more sense, Gwilda? I think so. So basically disassociation is you're still here in this reality. You're just not physically present. So you've disassociated from your physical body, but you're still here in this reality. A spiritual connection is when you have uh, raised or expanded your frequency to where you're aware of other levels of reality. Yes, and actually the awareness of the body, now that you mentioned it, tends to fall away when we're on our human, uh, our higher soul awareness and and I liken it to um, not only the awareness we have as a soul when we're not here, but it is very much centered in the present, in the now. It is not centered in the body. The, the physical awareness, the bodily awareness tends not to be there when we're in our higher soul awareness. You say you've been spiritually aware since birth. Isn't that a little disorienting if that's the case, that you're not real aware of your physical form? Well, uh, I I knew when I was born that I didn't want to be here, so I was aware of the fact that I had come here. And I think I tried to stay in my higher soul awareness until until I experienced pain. And and in my case, it was it was bullying. You know, so it's not just physical pain. It can be emotional pain, psychological pain. And 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 that got me into my human side. Mm. So that, you know, so that there is this, this, this split awareness. It's interesting, too, because, um, uh, again, shamanically speaking, the, um, there's four main precursors to the shamanic gift or the spiritual awareness. One is genetic predisposition. Two is a traumatic childhood or trauma during, as an adult. Three is a head injury. Four is a near-death experience. Um, and all of those are traumatic events. And as, as, a, as, a, as an adult human or even a child, they tend to push a person into spiritual awareness. Uh, it seems kind of opposite what you're saying. <laughs> you know, it, it is. And if, you, and if you look at it from a different perspective, Gwilda, when people have triggering opening experiences, they may have primarily been oriented towards the physical for those of us spiritually aware since birth our orientation is to the other side we're having to acclimate to to being here and to be and to be here we have that human persona so for us 
the change comes when we have to get into our human persona. For those who are experiencing those those triggering experiences, near-death experiences being a wonderful example, they actually tend to get people out of being encased in the human persona and being able to, for lack of a better way of putting it, go to that higher level. And, well, now and, this is this is starting to make sense to me. My teacher said, <laughs> my teacher said, with most people, I have to teach them how to get to the other side. With you, I have to teach you how to find your way back here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so that's what you're talking. How how can people tell if they're one of those ones born uh, spiritually aware? Well, number one is always remembering what you thought when you were born, because I have never forgotten what I thought when I was born, the the people I found and interviewed for my book have never forgotten what they thought when they were born. So it's almost as if we are imprinted from, from birth and haven't forgotten it. There are people who have been regressed or experienced other modalities that have allowed them to find those memories and reclaim them, but, but we never lost them. We have always had those memories. So there are people who are what I call innately spiritually oriented. They have always felt as if they were in a, str- a stranger in a strange land here. They have always felt that they didn't come from here, even if they couldn't identify where they did come from. And they often, when they are initially introduced to spiritual material or religious material just find that it resonates and that and they may find themselves thinking oh that's what I was feeling so there are many many people who are innately spiritually oriented do you think there's more of us being born at this time you know I haven't really thought about that Gilda but that would not surprise me whatsoever because I feel that that this is happening for a reason everything has purpose and if you think about it awareness and consciousness have been shifting i tend to think that we have moved from a strictly tribal orientation to more of a global orientation and that we're moving more towards what i call a universal orientation why do you think that's happening right now i i feel number one that it is supposed to happen it needs to happen. And, and even if you look at some of the problems that we've been experiencing on this planet, not only, you know, wars and, and, and famine and poverty, which, of course, are not new, but if you think of the degradation of the planet environmentally, if you think of species loss, habitat loss. It's it's an important time. From that perspective, there's actually one person in the book who remembers before she come, came in looking at the earth, and, and she knew that her coming in this time had to do with the planet and whether the planet would be healthy. And she could see all these other souls coming at the same time for that reason. So I, I, I feel that that's probably why, but I can't. I can't tell you for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a strange time that we're in, isn't it? And I wonder how much it has to do with where we are in the galaxy and everything else. It may have, and and I've heard that the galaxy is you know is is 
moving through space and there there are thoughts about that um you know we tend to see things from our perspective or from the information that we're privy to or that we can find but i feel that there is even more than that um there are probably reasons and purposes that we're not aware of at this point in time. And the interesting thing, and I'm sure you're aware of this, Gwilda, is that even extraterrestrial contact has picked up in the past however many, many Whoa, decades. So how, how do we know that's going on? Well, you know, some people have, have said they have experienced it, but it's actually being researched. There is a foundation. I think it's only been around for a few years. It's it's. I'm going to forget what the acronym means, but the acronym is FREE, F-R-E-E, Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. And actually, Edgar Mitchell encouraged the, the leader of it, I believe his name is Ray Hernandez, to, to found it. So they have been researching this worldwide, and they have found a lot of correlations in people's experiences and one that is fairly surprising I think for a lot of people it's a a lot of people who have experienced this ET contact have opened up spiritually so um, did did your folks notice something different with you from the beginning (laughs) I think so Gwilda I think so Um, I think my mother my mother used to call me Sarah Bernhardt. She used to tell me I had a vivid imagination. <laughs> and and there are other born awares in the book who were also told that they had a vivid or wild imagination. So I think so, but I have a feeling that my father was more of a kindred spirit. He, he didn't talk about those things, but he was a bit of a visionary. Uh, but, but yes... Um, I think my family has thought I I was different. A little different, right? What's it been like growing up in the society as it is already spiritually aware? What's the challenge there? I think the challenge is, number one, as as you just mentioned, is to feel that you fit in. You tend to feel isolated. And I have to preface this, Gwilda, and, and say I had no idea that that I was different because I had these memories. For all I knew, everybody had these memories. We just didn't talk about that sort of thing. So, and and I didn't share mine. So I didn't really know how how different I was. Um, but why why didn't you share it? You, you know, you know, kids usually tell things like that. Why, you, you know, we tell our folks everything when we're real young. Why why do you suppose you didn't share? Well, you know. I, I don't know if I did, Gwilda. I, I may I may have, and maybe that's why my mother thought, you know, <laughs> I had two heads. <laughs> but, I, but I grew up in a fairly typical middle-class upbringing. I was very sheltered. It looks like we're going to have to take another break. We'll pick up with this on the other side of this commercial pause. Diane and I will return to our discussion, so don't go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, your resource for creative situations in a changing world. TheScienceOfMagic.net Dreams 
dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarWalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Diane Brandon, the author of Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Her website, dianebrandon.com. Diane, we were talking about um, why, and, and there's more incidences of people. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word KID to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text KID to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word KID to 323232. Text KID to 323232 being born aware right now and what is the purpose behind it and you mentioned that everything has a purpose what do you think is the purpose behind people being spiritually aware at birth it feels to me number one just with the phenomenon itself being spiritually aware since birth that that it has lessons implicit in it for other people and i feel like that is why those of us born aware were allowed to have these these memories I think, number one, it it definitely teaches us that consciousness exists separate from from the body. It definitely teaches us that, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. (laughs) There There is another side because we, many of us born aware, remember it to varying degrees of clarity. Sometimes it's very hazy. It teaches us that we can have direct access spiritually. It, it, and I think going back to babies being aware, that is a huge point for people to learn about because a lot of people feel that babies have no awareness. They don't have a mind at that point. And so people will say and do things in front of infants that can really affect the psyche, the human side of the baby. So I think there are a lot of lessons implicit in this phenomenon, and that's why those of us born aware have been allowed to be this way. A lot of us actually feel that we're here on assignment. Um, that, that's what I was wondering, you know, is, are, is there a purpose for us? Um, is, is there a job to be done that we were yes. given these skills set for? Yes, yes. And we don't, we don't necessarily know what that was because one of the things I remember when I was born was that I did not want to be here again. I knew that I wasn't with God. I've always felt a direct connection. And I knew when I wasn't here, I had absolute knowledge and I was really aggravated not to have that while I was here. But I knew that I had to be here because there was something I was supposed to do. And I always thought it had to do with performing so I pursued acting and singing the intuitive work came out of left field um that's interesting because a lot of people that I work with that have have the symptoms that you're talking about being born aware have that same feeling that they didn't necessarily want to be here 
but they were here for a purpose and by golly, they were going to do it, even though they had forgotten what that purpose was. Yes. And we're led to it, Gwilda. That's that's a point to make. We don't have to know what it is. It's not like, okay, set your goal and come up with your steps to, to go towards it. It is ingrained with us. We are encoded energetically with the plan for our lives before we even come in here. And if we are born aware, and even if we are innately spiritually oriented, we tend to be plugged into inner guidance. And so, you know, we're shepherded along. Um, Again, the intuitive work for me came completely out of left field. I'm like, I can't do this. But were led. I had no idea, you know, where it would lead me. So we don't have to know at the outset what we're going to be doing. And and actually, I think the amnesia is is there around purpose because we're also here. We cannot avoid that that soul growth, that unfolding, you know, through so, the human side while we're here. So how do we? How do we know our promptings when they start? How how do we find our way to our purpose? I feel that a lot of that, Gwilda, has to do with with paying attention to the inner promptings. I'm very big on developing one's intuition, not to play parlor games, but as a tool in our lives, that inner knowing, plugging into inner knowing. I'm very big on on meditating and it really is to the point where the inner guidance can be so integrated within us we just we just know when we're being given messages so how do you plug in originally i mean it sounds great but you know how if you've not done it and if you don't recognize it yet how do you plug into it well i think first and foremost i would suggest learning how to plug into your intuition. And, and by that, I actually believe in learning how to to tap into it, get into it on demand. I call it tuning in. And along with that is is meditation. I'm a firm believer that we have to find a way to access intuitive information that's pure and isn't coming from what I call our personal stuff, our wants, right. our, our right. fears, our right. but how all does, that. Yada, how, does yada, medita- yada. How, does, how does meditation help with that? Well, because actually, as you know, there are different levels of consciousness, different states of consciousness. And when we're tuning in, we're not in our typical waking beta brainwave state which is, you know, like really hyper-focused and sometimes uh, stressed and or nervous. It's it's somewhere between an alpha and maybe even a higher theta. And this is where the meditation comes in because it's a different state of consciousness. Now, I'm sure you know that people who are creative, whether it is uh, artistic creativity or whether it is thinking creativity – tend to more naturally be intuitive. And I think it's because they get more easily into that alpha brainwave state. Um, what, 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 do you, what, do you, what can you do to initiate the alpha state? I understand that, um, I know shamanism, um, the shamanic journey trance, they've actually measured it. And it's a, it's, a, it's a method by which you can access 
beta, go from beta to alpha, and from alpha slide on into theta. Um, So does meditation do the same thing? I think meditation does do the same thing. And and I think we can train ourselves through meditation because it's through meditation that we really go within and start to plug into our inner voice and our inner knowing. So meditation is, I think, hugely important with this. There are also um, some external tools that some people use to get into those other levels of consciousness, the alpha and the theta. The other thing I suggest, too, is to pay attention When you're doing routine activities, brushing your teeth, taking a shower, those are huge for me, and you're in this kind of, your your consciousness is just flowing, stream of consciousness, and which is actually more an alpha brainwave state, to pay attention to what's going through your mind. I get so many insights then. And, And it's also paying attention to yourself. You know the phrase living consciously. It's, it's paying attention to what is going through your mind at, at different uh, times during the day. Can We're a person can a person to. can a person be spiritually aware and not know it? I think that is a possibility. I, I don't think born aware because, again, we, we never forget what we thought when we were born. But I think some people can be spiritually oriented without being consciously aware that yes 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 i do yes i do and that makes the awakening so much easier when it comes and probably more joyous so you call it an awakening Mm -hmm. what do you mean by that what i mean by that guilda is when we find ourselves no longer encased in our human side being able to perceive in a limited manner and when we can kind of be awakened to the fact that there is more that is out there, whether you want to call it the other side, whether you want to, whether you want to call it other levels, when we are no longer defining ourselves in this very limited way of uh, I'm a human, I'm a female, I'm an American, I'm a, I'm a this – when the kind of the boundaries are taken away and we can actually see that we're part of something much larger. Well, you know, we we live in a world that for the most part invalidates spiritual awareness and intuition. What effect does this have on a person's ability to recognize and utilize their esoteric abilities? I think it can be very limiting because if how we define things, and, and that goes back to mindset, and 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 beliefs and acculturation, cultural beliefs can be very, very limiting. I went through an experience when I was in grad school in Chapel Hill, and it, it just kind of happened where I feel like I walked into another room. And I think I, what I was really doing was experiencing a kind of a letting go of a lot of that acculturation. And being able to perceive much more clearly and objectively. And that's another outcome of, of a lot of this work is being able to perceive in a very clear and objective manner. Do you think that we're actually being um, retarded or held back from our spiritual awareness for control? I feel that there's no volition there. I feel like it's not deliberate. But yes, but on the other hand, Gwilda... 
you know, I have to say, if if people are living their lives that way, then perhaps that's what they're to uh, experience in that particular lifetime. So I'm, you see it as a as a predestined sort of thing. Yes, because number one, on the higher levels, time doesn't really exist. And it was always known what we would, would do, number one. Number two, there is that energetic encoding with, with, the, with the plan for our lives. Now, this does not in any way negate or interfere with having free will while we're here. It's a question of, of levels. And I know this concept has been difficult for a lot of people to fully grasp. But my sense is that we live different lives. We, there are persona changes, our gender changes. We don't have the same personality from one lifetime to the next. But I feel that it has to do with experiencing as much as possible to enrich the soul. So it's like a, you view it as like a classroom here. Oh yes, I think I think Earth is known to be a major classroom, and that's my question, Gwilda. If we get to the point on this planet where more people become aware, spiritually aware, and we don't have as much of that that unpleasant duality, then then if this is a classroom, then are there other planets that are just as strict in being? classrooms where people can experience that really in the trenches difficult growth I, I don't have an answer to that it's it's an interesting phenomenon that you're talking about so it would be like um if we are in duality here on the earth then the lesson here would be one of duality yes yes because we don't know the good without the bad and a lot of times it's through those unpleasant experiences that we do learn and grow and and get more of that soul growth. I, I you know, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna need to take another break. <laughs> so, Diane and I will be back shortly. So don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world. Join our email family to receive our amazing topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Are you curious? Do you want to learn more about how the world works and have fun at the same time? Study coincidences with me, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on my Connecting with Coincidence radio show here on the XZBN network. Listen to Jungians theorize, statisticians randomize, true believers evangelize, while I categorize. I dance to the rhythm of coincidences. People who experience me see more of them. Maybe something on the show matches a thought in your mind. Let us know. Expand your mind to the weirdness happening around you. Synchronicity spoken here, there, and everywhere. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence in your search engine and find my website, my social media sites, and my blog. 
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? Email me at info at thescienceofmagic.net and suggest a topic or a guest that you'd like to hear about. You're probably not the only one that would enjoy it. 
Our guest this hour is Diane Brandon, the author of Born Aware, Stories and Insights from Those Spiritually Aware Since Birth. Her website, dianebrandon.com. Diane, we were talking about if a, if a person's not born spiritually aware or if they disconnect from the ability early on, you believe they can still develop the skill. Is that correct? Absolutely, Gwilda. Absolutely. And so you, your way would be to work with meditation and um, mindfulness. Is that correct? That's correct. And I would also recommend dry, trying to develop your intuition, trying to plug into your inner voice. I would also recommend paying attention to your dreams because while we're sleeping, and it's not just the dream, the material that dreams can bring us, but it's also the experiences we can have while we're asleep. Pay attention to what happens while you're sleeping. If you start out with your dreams, that's fine. That is a good place to start. I'm also a big, big, big believer on working on clearing the personal stuff because that really isn't that isn't that a key (laughs) you know one of the most difficult things i think is telling the difference between a trigger and intuition yes absolutely (laughs) and that's that's a huge point Gwilda. it's one point that i i hammer home when i teach intuition is and and that's why i use the method i call tuning in because it's the best method i've seen thus far to try to bypass the personal stuff but if your stuff is creeping in your your wants or your fears then then it's going to definitely contaminate information and it's not going to be pure reliable intuitive information so yes i feel like that's hugely important and actually in my book i go through a lot of recommendations for people to to go through to not only become more spiritually aware but to try to get into what i call the higher soul awareness and and i feel like there are a lot of different steps that we can take to to try to do that well you know it's it's like we you know we come in and immediately the bumps and bruises start cuz you know <laughs> moving into a world of duality has its challenges right oh, yeah, and, oh yes <laughs> and the bumps and bruises we're 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 designed to avoid whatever we think caused it in the first place and pretty soon we've narrowed down our um uh range of motion drastically. Mm -hmm. And then if a similar situation comes up, we immediately interpret it by the events of the past and make a rerun out of the future. How can we break that cycle? Oh, and that's a wonderful question, Gwilda. I think the first step would probably be to objectively look at that pattern, observe when it's happening. Again, I would recommend meditation. The other thing, too, is that there are so many healing modalities out there these days. You know, with with clients, depending upon the client, you know, I will recommend different different things. I may even give clients affirmations. I will do a guided meditation to really take them back to work on some things. But there are all these other wonderful healing modalities out there, and they're, they're new ones all the time, and it seems that... As the new ones come out, they seem to be able to heal and and clear more, you know, than the older modalities. So I I feel that there we have recourse these days. We absolutely have recourse to a lot of tools. 
You know, we touched in on, on dreams. What does the imagination have to do with accessing spiritual information? Oh, the imagination is, is wonderful. And sometimes, Wilda, I wonder where one can draw the line between imagination and that which is quote-unquote real. But the imagination can, can be brought into play, for example, no pun intended, when, when we use something like guided meditation or visualization. Sometimes, even when something is coming to us in our imagination, if we look at what it might be stemming from, it may be stemming from an unmet need in the present. It may be actually stemming from or giving us an idea as to how to work on one of those fun little issues. (laughs) So Um, the imagination seems to be a two-way street. One, if you can't imagine it, you can't create it. So the act of imagining something, you're actually building a matrix around in, in the ethers or at the quantum level around which to create what you want. But isn't there another way where something that you seem to be randomly imagining is actually your intuition speaking to you through the channels of your imagination? Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, when you're experiencing those those nudges, especially when the same thing is coming to you over and over and over again. I feel that those are spiritual nudges. You're being nudged in a certain direction. Or if it's being expressed in a different way, if you find yourself out of the blue wanting to learn about something or explore something or do something that you hadn't done before, and it's not just a passing momentary little wish, but it, you know, it, it, it comes to you frequently. That's happening for a reason. It's always what, happening for a reason. And what about daydreams? I mean, they're a little different than imagination. What is the difference, and how do they play in with intuition? I think they're very, very similar. I feel that daydreaming, again, is that alpha brainwave state in which a lot of creativity can take place. And, and there's been research in the past showing a link between alpha brain waves and creativity. And and sometimes when we're in that alpha brainwave state daydreaming, our unconscious is yielding up to us some of its insights and we can capture those. Our imagination comes into play too. And, and, and there's a there's a stream of consciousness aspect to that as well especially if it's more focused on something you're trying to bring about, something you're trying to create, or even try, something you're trying to solve. But you can also use your dreams in that that respect, your sleep and dreams. Before you go to sleep, try to incubate either a dream or getting information around that. So there are lots of different ways to approach that. Oh, and and you can use all of them. <laughs> <laughs> use all of them at once. <laughs> when you're working with imagination or with dreams, it seems like a lot of it can be allegorical. How yes. can how can you tell what's allegorical and what's literal, and how can you translate it? Well, with dreams themselves, and, and this is this is a huge point with dreams. It's very important if a dream is using metaphors and symbols and imagery that you're able to parse out the meaning of those symbols. And I I do not recommend, I do not use dream dictionaries because we all have our own vocabulary in dreams. I've been interpreting dreams for probably 20 years longer than I knew I was intuitive. 
and everybody has their own vocabulary. So if a dream is speaking to you in symbols and if it's coming from your unconscious, your unconscious tends to use symbols that are your connotations uh, with certain things. So that is very, very important. You don't know with 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 dreaming if 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 you're having a precognitive dream and sometimes those can be allegorical but they tend to be quite literal you know whether it was precognitive or not and when you're working with your imagination and everybody's different Gwilda we have to really know how information comes to us and how we're spoken to but but yes, for some people, it can be very, very allegorical and fraught with, with symbols. So we have to know, is my imagination speaking to me with these symbols, or is it speaking to me in a more literal, straightforward sense? And then you have to tease out those symbols. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, most people haven't been trained um, in shamanic societies. You were taught how to figure this stuff out. But in, in modern day society, you're really not. Dreams and all that stuff are just kind of pushed aside and, you know, just an oddity. So as a practitioner, do you help your people learn how to work with allegory and how do you not impose your interpretation on their personal images? Oh, I love that. I love that, Gwilda. Yes, I, I do try to, if a, if a client wants me to interpret a dream, you know, I will, I will kind of straddle that line between sharing my interpretation and, and helping them to, to realize the meaning of some of the symbols themselves. Because I'll say, what do you typically think of when you think of an apple? Um, and yes, I, I'm very big on that. Not putting my spin on somebody else's dream or somebody else's intuitive information because I feel like that really does a disservice to the person. And, it's a and real that, art form, isn't it? It is an art form. For some reason, it came very easily to me. Uh, even even in high school, explicating poetry, I was doing the same thing. But um, yes, yes, it's a skill we can learn how to develop. And I can't tell you why it, it came so natural to me. And I may not be the best at actually teaching it because I didn't have to struggle to, to learn how to do it. <laughs> there you have it. Well, I don't know where the time has gone, but it has. So we're going to have to call, bring it to a close. Diane, thank you so much for coming onto the program. Thank you, Gwilda. Our guest this hour has been Diane Brandon, the author of Born Aware. Her website, dianebrandon.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Join our email family to be the very first to receive our thought-provoking, topic-driven episode collections at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you open your spirit eyes. Yeah.